New Things, the podcast. And each day we see your life. New stories to tell, new battles to fight. Old things are gone, it's a brand new day. And new things we find our way. New things, new things. Embracing the joy each new day brings. New things, new things. In His love our hearts sing. New Things, the podcast. Hello, everyone. I am Leanna Kaufman, and I am your host of New Things, formerly the Ex-Atheist Podcast. Today, I am not doing an actual show, but I did just get off of the Bob Duco show, and I would like to play that interview for you guys. Um, So listen up, stay tuned, and share this podcast if it touches you, or if you know someone who maybe doubts God or uh, questions his existence, I urge you to share this with them and that they could have the same experience that I had. We're going to talk with Leanna Kaufman. Leanna Kaufman, former atheist turned Christian author and podcaster, uh, she is kind of known as the ex-atheist, and she's author of the book, The Ex-Atheist, Hashtag Becoming Paul. And you can get it at Amazon, wherever you get your books, and Leanna Kaufman joins me now. Hi, Leanna. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, Bob. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you and your audience and uh, share exactly what God has done in my life. Right. Well, and it is great to have you with us, and I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being with us today, Leanna. I, I do. And so let's. there's a few things I want to talk with you about. First, for the sake of, of my audience that may not know your story, let's go back a little bit. Uh, okay. How? What kind of an atheist were you? Were you one of those hostile atheists? Were you just more of an agnostic? Or how would you define your atheism back during your atheist days? Absolutely, Bob. So I classified myself as a Gnostic atheist. Okay. Um, I was absolutely certain. So you knew there was no God. <laughs> I absolutely right. knew that there was no God. All right. Um, you know, I've I've heard you before, and I know that you've um, debated people like Richard Dawkins, who was a hero of mine. <laughs> sure, sure. So um, when it came down to speaking to someone about church or someone would want to talk about God, I met them with such resentment and hatred. Hmm. And it, it wasn't, you know, oh, okay, well, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. It was, I believe what I believe, and I'm right, and you're an idiot. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. there was no kindness, no gentleness. I was very hostile, very angry a lot. <laughs> hmm. Now, that's interesting, because I, during those days, obviously, the anger and the hatred and the things like that, that that's obviously emotion-driven, but most atheists will say that their atheism is not emotion-driven, but that it's driven by logic and reason and and saying things like, hey, if, if we can't, unless you can show me the existence of the supernatural, my default is to logically say that it's not there. And so did you also have that that logical side? I'm guessing you weren't saying the reason that I say that there's no God is because I just emotionally can't stand people who believe in him. Uh, I'm guessing that you that you at least believed that your atheism was driven by logic, intellect, and reason, and a, an embracing of science and such. Sure. Um, so, 
in my younger years, I was actually raised in church. Mm. So I did have a foundational knowledge of scripture. Um, and the more I read it, the more it did not make sense to me. And so for my brain to be able to process it, I had to go to that default of it. You need to prove this to me. You need to show me scientific evidence that there is a God or else this book is just a storybook. Right. Right. It, it didn't, you know, it was, it was a great book to live by. Sure. Mm. And I think most atheists would even agree with that, that the Bible does contain good ways to live. Right. But the, the idea of an omnipresent, omniscient God, it, I, I couldn't understand that. And so my default was to disassociate and deny. Right. Sure. Uh, how did you, I'm curious how you processed some of the, the things that atheists are pretty much forced to believe by faith, but they, they won't want to admit it. I, I think about a debate I had with Christopher Hitchens, the, the late Christopher Hitchens, who wrote uh, God is Not Great. And I was telling him, we were talking about the creation of the universe and things like the conservation of energy law, first law of thermodynamics, you can't create matter and energy from nothing. It came. And so it's like, how do you explain it? In the no God scenario, how did we go from nothing to something? And he said, well, you know, there's new scientific discoveries being made all the time. There are things we know now that we didn't know hundreds of years ago. So I said, so in other words, you believe that someday there's going to be some scientific discovery that will show how matter and energy can come into existence. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, how is that not a faith-based belief system? We both have a faith-based belief system. You believe in some future event of a discovery that's going to be made that will explain all this. I believe in a future event that Jesus is going to appear and prove you all wrong. So we both have faith in a future event. We both have faith in something that we're not seeing right now, but at least my faith is based on, is consistent with the known laws of physics. Your faith is based on some yet undiscovered new law of physics. And he said, oh, that's absurd. I have no faith. And I was like, no, but it is a faith. So how did you as an atheist, how did you deal with, did you ever have those moments where it's like, okay, how in the no God scenario, how did nothing turn into something? And then how did that something develop complexity in order and design? And then how did abiogenesis, how did non-living matter become alive? I mean, how, how did you process those things? Because those are things you can't know. Those are things you can't prove and can't be done in a laboratory either. Sure. And, you know, a lot of that is um, very much a smoke and mirrors uh, hat trick that a lot of atheists try to use. Yeah. You know, we, we clearly don't know uh, why we say that something came from nothing. It's a, a lot of it, too, is just, well throwing around the right jargon. And, you know, it's not every day you come across Bob Dutko who knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so, well, or at least, or at least part, try to act like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> at least try to act right. So when you're, when you are just talking with an everyday person, um, a lot of times the topic never really came up. Mm -hmm. um, if it did, like I said, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. It was a lot of talking over people and hoping for the best that they didn't um, proceed to to question it. Right. Because I, I did not have an answer for that. 
Sure. I would, uh, and you know, the debate tactics, people will become hostile, mm-hmm. they will turn the question around, and that was something I did famously, sure. was to turn the question around because I knew that I couldn't answer it. Right. I still I still didn't acknowledge the fact that there could be a creator, but uh, I chose the aversion route, and that may not be everyone, but that's that's typically right. how... Um, I would handle those. Yeah, you know, and that's very that's very honest. And frankly, a lot of a lot of atheists do tend to do that. But Leanna, hang on just a moment. We're going to take a short break, and then I want to talk with you about what happened. Then, how, how did your atheism crumble? How did you end up accepting the Lord? And and then on top of that, uh, a lot of the challenge. Sometimes people think, oh, hey, if you if you become a Christian, life is going to be peaches and cream, and you won't experience any kind of demonic or satanic attack. I think we both know that's not true. Uh, but so, Leanna, hang on just a moment. We'll continue our conversation next. More with Leanna Kaufman. Her book, The Ex-Atheist, hashtag Becoming Paul. Look for it on Amazon, wherever you get your books. And we'll continue our conversation here on The Bob Duco Show, coming up next. Listening to The Bob Duco Show, fearlessly defending the faith with you every day. Spending the last few minutes with Leanna Kaufman, known as The Ex-Atheist. Her book is entitled The Ex-Atheist, hashtag Becoming Paul. Look for it on Amazon, wherever you get your books. Atheist turned Christian author and podcaster. So, Leanna, here you are, this hostile atheist, and you end up accepting Je- you know, Jesus Christ. How does a, how's a good atheist end up accepting Jesus Christ? What, what happened to you? That, what were some of the first chinks in your atheist armor? So, uh, you know, when, when, when you look back on things, you have a much clearer picture of what is becoming, right? Sure. So um, I noticed I'm, I'm a huge fan of music. And I love music of all kinds. I mean, it can mm. be anywhere from bluegrass gospel to electronic music. Uh. Um, I love it. So I think in July of 2020, I had listened to some 90s Christian music right. as an atheist. And I remember listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman. Sure. And um, I think maybe DC Talk okay. was another one. And I That was kind of the beginning of this revelation that God was going to give throughout the rest of the year. You know, 2020 was a a crazy year for everybody. We can't deny that at all. Um, So I think that's where it really started. Hmm. Um, Other than that, there truly wasn't anything that happened over time. Yeah. I'll tell you, I do know that people were praying for me this sure. entire time. Sure. But I was laying in my bed, and uh, this was in October of 2020. I was actually, and, and we're being very honest here, and, and I pray this reaches somebody where they are. I was being investigated for some things, which mm. later turned out fine. But the anxiety that builds in you with that yeah. can be unreal. And so, Bob, I had been in my bed for about three days. I hadn't slept much. I hadn't eaten. And I was to the point to where it was going to be the end for me. I won't say that on air, but uh, I think everybody can kind of understand where I was going with that. Right. Um, I was ready to do it. I, you know, I just, I couldn't cope with life anymore. I didn't know what to do. 
And so um, I reached out to my grandfather, and he has been a minister his entire life. So I knew he'd never given up on me. And I said, you know what, Papa, (laughs) I would dance naked in the street right now if I thought it would help this anxiety. I had tried crystals, um, meditations. I had tried uh, saging. (laughs) Anything that I could think of, I tried it. And I called my grandfather and I said, this is stupid, but just pray for me. Like, I don't believe that this is even going to work. But like I said, I would do whatever it took to to have that anxiety leave my body. And Bob, he said something that I will never, ever forget as long as I live. My grandfather, who had delivered God's word his entire life, said to me, Leanna, God will listen to you as an atheist more than he's going to listen to me right now. Mm. And I said, well, that's sad. You know, why is your God going to listen to somebody who will sit there and cuss his name or debate with people whether he's real or not? Like, why would he listen to me over you? That doesn't make any logical sense to me. This is stupid. But nonetheless, I said, okay, because I trusted my grandfather. And I I was laying in my bed, and I said, God, you know what? If you're up there, it's a real good time to show up. (laughs) Like You see what's in my hand right now. You know what's going on. If you're right there, you need to prove yourself. You need to show me you're real, because I have nowhere else I can turn. Right. I tried it all, Bob. And I sat there and prayed to a God at that time still, that I didn't even believe in. And it wasn't five minutes after I had yelled and argued with God that, oh, I get chill bumps now. The peace that I encountered, I cannot describe it. And people say, oh, that's that's the Prince of Peace. No, when you have experienced the actual hand of God come down and touch you and take away all anxiety, all fear, all worry, and show himself through a way that you are begging and pleading for him to show himself in, and he does that, you have nothing else to say. Yeah. And he did. And, and that peace just came over my body. I've not experienced anything like it still. Hmm. That's and so, you know, I sat there and... um I flipped open a Bible because every good atheist has a, a well-read Bible, right? <laughs> sure. And <laughs> I landed on Job chapter 42. And we know from the story of Job that yeah, yeah. he had lost. Surprising everything. atheist is reading Job. I'm like, mm, I probably wouldn't have sent you there. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> well, I didn't. I just actually thumbed through the Bible. Yeah. I said, okay, show me something. Mm. Right? You're real. Okay. And I threw my finger down and it landed on Job chapter 42. And it's it's it blew my mind because it starts out, who am I to question your great wisdom? I spoke of things that I knew nothing about, things far too great for me. So I sit in ashes and I repent and I can't even talk about it. The magnitude that scripture had on me as being an atheist five minutes before that, but just by some world coincidence, some universal coincidence that of all the pages in the Bible, Mm. all the words in the Bible, that my finger just randomly landed down on that, 
that in and of itself defied any logic. Hmm. And so, Bob, that's what I tell people. You know, now when I when I talk, try to talk to people, I say, you know, God de- God defies logic. He's not easy to understand. I don't understand him still. Right. I read every day and I try to understand the mind of God. I want to have a heart after God, but we can't we can't fully understand him. He's beyond logic. He's beyond time. He's beyond understanding. And thank God for that. Oh, I know. I we know. should praise him that he is so far beyond anything we can ever fathom in our puny little minds. Yeah. And how, so that's that's how I got here. <laughs> how, how, how about your, your heart toward Christians? Was that kind of an instantaneous thing, or did it take you a while to warm up to Christians and not see them as clueless rubes that made your eye twitch? <laughs> nice way to put that. <laughs> um, it was it was an instant change, actually. Was it? Okay. Um, I, so Kim Akers, and she's probably listening now because she has absolutely been a mentor to me and I persecuted her the most. And, uh, she's, I I called her and I said, Hey, I got something to tell you. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, you're going to find this hard to believe, but I just got saved in my bed. (laughs) And she said that it was the biggest shouting match (laughs) that had ever went on in her house. And she said, I never stopped praying for you. Yeah. She never stopped. I know my my parents, everything. I mean, everybody was so happy. And I was like, why are these these people would just forgive me? Like, I've talked so much crap about these people and they don't, they're not even bringing that up. I know. Yeah. They're just saying, oh my gosh, how wonderful. Praise God. And I'm like, but, but I just, (laughs) two weeks ago, I just said this about you. Right. Right, and and it was like it had never even happened. Well, you know, in uh, we're oh, we're just unfortunately just about out of time. But I did want to ask you just in our last couple of minutes. Uh, I know that there are some people that they they think that hey, as soon as they become a Christian, you know, it's going to be peaches and cream and everything will be great and wonderful. But you know, we both know that. Uh, you end up on the enemy's radar screen. I mean, somebody like yourself who turns from an atheist to a Christian, uh, you know, you're going to activate Satan's radar. And so you're going to experience attack and uh, difficulty and things like that. And so a lot of Christians certainly know this as well. What would you say to to people listening right now that's like, you know what, I've given my heart to the Lord and I feel almost like I'm getting punished for it because ever since I accepted the Lord, it's one spanking machine of life after another that I'm being dragged through. Uh, what do you say to Christians that are going through that and sometimes even maybe with the doubt and the confusion of why are so many difficult and bad things happening to me uh, as I draw closer to the Lord? Sure. So, we all have an assignment on our lives, right? So yeah. we all have a calling from God. Well, there's also an, an assignment of demons on our lives. Right. We have to cancel that assignment. Bob, I can tell you, since I got saved, I have had three near-death experiences. Hmm. I almost died during childbirth with my twins. I nearly bled out. They cut my kidney. I had a nephrostomy tube for almost a year. I, I was fired because I was on disability. Um I cannot tell you the crazy amount of things negative that has happened to me since I got saved, but it's not going to be a walk in the park. There is a divine calling on your life. And if you're listening right now and this is happening to you, you have to rebuke that. 
you have to resist the devil. You have to call him out on his nonsense and keep toward the prize. The Bible says if we will draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto us. Look at Job. It, it's going to be hard. But I can tell you right now that all of those things built my faith right now to where you could not knock my faith down with a, a wrecking ball. I know my God is real. I know he's delivered me time and time and time and time again. I know that three and a half years ago, you could have told me I would have been on this show and I'd have called you a liar and said you were an idiot, unless it was to debate you. Wow. I, I still I get caught a liar and an idiot from listeners, so, you know, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I'll tell you what, though, that's... That is fantastic. It's just such a powerful testimony. And uh, Leanna, I just, uh, first of all, I thank you for being with us today. And I want to encourage everybody, uh, get Leanna's book. Again, it's entitled The Ex-Atheist, Hashtag Becoming Paul. Uh, you get it at Amazon, wherever you get your book. Actually, Leanna, what is the, the best way for people to get your book? Would it be Amazon? Amazon um, is the best way to get it. And I just want to let people know, I, I don't make money on that. So um, I actually priced it to where... Um, I make no money. Uh, I, I just want people to be able to read my story and share it with people um, so that God's power can work through it. Right. Absolutely. We'll look for it, folks. The ex-atheist, and actually it's uh, the the, uh, the letter X, okay? Yes. Uh, so the, and then the letter X. Don't put E-X, just the ex-atheist and Leanna Kaufman. Leanna, I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for being with us and sharing your testimony. Thank you, Bob. You bet. Take care now. You're listening to The Bob Duco Show.